Aaron, thanks for joining us on what is the maiden voyage, sort of, of our podcast of House of Baptist Church. We're in our new recording studio, so you get to be the one to break it in. And it wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Pastor Sergey. So, brother, I know you're sitting in the room, you're not on a mic, but thank you for your efforts. We are in the midst of a missions conference in the life of our church, and we have different church planters coming in from other parts of the world. And I am joined today by Aaron Murray. Some of us know who you are, some of us don't. Why don't you just introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, how you came to Christ, it'd be a good place to start. Yeah, uh, thank you. It's a pleasure, honor uh, to be part of the maiden voyage of the podcast. I grew up in Southern Ontario, about an hour and a bit down the road from, from Hespler, okay. Delhi. Spent most of my formative sure. uh, young adult life there. Um, came to Christ in my third university. Okay. Um, it was a, a bold friend. Okay. He asked me, uh, hey, what do you know about Jesus? I had grown up in a Dutch Reformed family, knew a oh. lot about Jesus, sure. didn't know Jesus. Um, and yeah, God used his voice, his conversation, um, his discipleship group that was part of Power Change okay. and uh, local church. Those three kind of together okay. um, over the course of three or four months Praise in God. my third university um, led me to Christ. Okay. Um, Where were you studying university? I was in St. Catharines. St. Catharines? Brock University in okay. St. Catharines, yeah. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Tell us about the city where you're, so you're a church planter. That's what you're doing right now, and that's why you're here. Tell us about the city where you're planting. What does it look like? What's interesting about the place where you serve? Fun facts. Just tell us where you are right now. Yeah, so we are in the region of Segne Lac Saint Jean, Quebec, which okay. is about two and a half hours north of Quebec City. So you get okay. to Quebec City. There's a a park, a national park, um, the yep. Laurentian Mountains, and then you get spit out on the other side, <laughs> okay. and that's where we are. Sure. Um, so this is rural so, Quebec. Yeah, in a sense, like it's a the whole region's only about two hundred thousand people. It's a big geographic area. Okay. Um, the city of Shkudmi itself is about seventy thousand. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, and so Shikudimi is actually like a, an indigenous word that means like end of deep water. And so the, ah. the Saguenay River attaches to the St. Lawrence. Okay. And so that's where the name of the city came from. Okay. Um, and that's really the people there, the culture there is really um, centered around the outdoors. Okay. So mountain, uh, like rock climbing, mountain climbing, sure. fishing, hunting. Okay. Everybody owns a, a snowmobile, a quad. Do you? Um, I, not yet? I do not yet. Okay. Um, Is that in your future? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, so it's it's really centered around the outdoors. I love fishing. Like I love being Perfect. inside, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that would be like uh, the, the lifestyle kind okay. of matches. Um, very similar to what we were living in in northern Ontario. Perfect. Uh, which is one of the reasons we ended up going there. But yeah. What was the moment in your life that made you decide to become a church planter? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, well, I would say late 2017, I had taken my wife out for dinner, as okay. one does when you have something important that you want to <laughs> ask your wife that sure. you're not sure how it's going to go. You, you have a nice dinner. Buffer um, with the waiter. Yeah, 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 exactly. Stuff. And we're living in like northern Ontario. So the nice dinner is like, it was the Fifth Ave restaurant, right? Like this is not. <laughs> it wasn't the keg or something, <laughs> sure. something awesome. But we we had gone out for a nice dinner, and and I said to my wife, uh, I, th- 
think that I want to be part of church planting. I so what were you doing at the time? Like I was what? a youth pastor. You were a youth pastor. And okay. We were living in Northern Ontario. I was a youth pastor at this church. My wife had her dream job there. She's a, a speech. She was a speech pathologist. Oh, really? In Interesting. Um, we loved it there. And so I said, I think I want to be church planting. And, and in my mind, that meant Northern Ontario. Like sure. there's lots of towns in Northern Ontario that need churches. Absolutely. Hey, uh, I think I want to see if our local church will raise me up, send me out got it. in Northern Ontario somewhere. Got it. Um, and she said, no. Okay. She was like, no, we just got here. Our life is centered here. This is ridiculous. Sure. And something uh, uh, a mentor had said years prior to that when we first got married is, Lord, uh, Aaron, if the Lord, if you think the Lord's calling you something and he's not calling your wife, then he's not calling you either. I agree. And so, uh, yeah, so I took that to heart in that moment mm-hmm. and I thought, you know what? Let's leave it, leave it there. Um, and then a year later, um, the Lord called both of us okay. to think about it together. So, so over that course of the year, is there conversation? Zero. Are you praying about it together? Zero. So the I, Lord is I was still working. praying on my end. Sure. Like, God, I, I, I think I want to do this, but okay. like, I also want to be where you're calling right. us, right. Uh, like me and my wife to be. And um, we had just had our first son as okay. well. And so, yeah, we had had zero conversation for a year. And then we did a marriage course at our church um, where the pastor, uh, our senior pastor at the time, he had encouraged us to read through the Bible with another couple that was part of the course with us. Sure. And so Zach and Olive, which is our ministry partners now, we read through the Bible together. And Zach jokingly said, 52 weeks is a long commitment, like Bible in a year, that's a long time. Let's do this thing in 52 days. What? Really? Uh, really. For <laughs> and, real. And you guys were like on board with it? We're that? like, let's do it. Okay. Like 52 days. So we took like McShane's year yeah, thing. Yeah, sure. And instead of 52 weeks, we had 52 days. 52 like, days. Yep. Um, That's intense. It's intense. It's It takes about an hour and a half to two hours every day. Yeah. Um, so we just committed to either getting up early or going to bed late. And that's reading um, through portions of scripture more than once, right? Like the McShane reading plan isn't just reading the Bible once. You're reading the New Testament twice, aren't yeah. you? And the Psalms twice, and anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. that's intense. Good for you. So, so we uh, we would kind of keep tabs on each other just through Messenger. Like we yep. just had we had one ch- group chat that was only for check boxes. So like when okay. you were done for that day, you put a little check mark. Yep. It was kind of I don't know some some sort of accountability structure, but it's also encouraging to be like, oh, Zach's finished. Oh yeah, I got to do that. Right. Um, and then every Sunday afternoon during those couple months, we would meet and just talk about what we were learning in the word. Okay. And like when you read through the Bible that fast, obviously you're not meditating no, on you're scriptures, but like you're, you're looking, view, right? yeah, you're looking big connections. And for all four of us, God really through his word united us with the reality that man, Jesus is worthy to be praised by every human Amen. being on this planet. And there's a lot of people going to hell Yeah, and we need to do something about sure. it. And so for us, we just started asking the question, what does this look like? Okay. Um, and that led to, we want to plant a church. Okay. So be part of church planting. So that is, you're in Ontario. You yep. get to the point where, as two couples, you're looking at church planting. Uh, then you end up in Quebec. Maybe we'll get to how that sort of happened. But if you go back to that moment where you, like the Lord worked and you're clear, this is the direction that we're going to go in. If you could go back to that moment, mm-hmm. having done what you've done now, what would you tell yourself? You've been planting, involved in like church planting for how long? We've been in our location only for a year. Sure, but you've been um, moving the, towards it for about, a time. Yeah, three and a half, four years since sure. since that kind of decision sure. was made. Yeah. So having learned what you have now, what would you say to yourself back at that moment where you're like, let's plant a church? 
Yeah. Any advice you would give yourself, any wisdom, any cautions, any encouragement? What would you say to yourself? Yeah, I think I think I would just repeat the refrain that we have in scripture all over, like, fear not. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, if this is, if you're convinced by the Spirit of God through His Word, this is where He's taking you. Sure. Like, Don't be afraid. Put your fears aside and, okay. and chase it. Um, yeah, Good word, I brother. Think, think that's, that's great. Awesome. And I mean, that's a repeated, you're right. It is a repeated refrain in scripture mm -hmm. all over the place. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. Good. What is the hardest part about being a church planter? Obviously, you're, you're, uh, obviously you're saying that for a reason. Do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. So how does that relate to the things you've encountered, obstacles, things that you might have been afraid about along the, along the way? What's been hard about being a church planter? Yeah, um, I think especially in a cross-cultural context, you're always, like, you you kind of replay every conversation, every interaction, okay. every decision you make. Mm -hmm. um, and you're always, like, filtering it through this grid of, like, did I read the signs, right? Did I, okay. did I okay. you know? Um, and you just, like, the reality of where we are at is no matter how much like our, our core group, our, our little church community includes us, like you still just feel like a stranger every okay, day. Sure. Like you wake up and you're just a, you're a stranger. You're an English person right. in a very French context. Right. And like you can have immaculate French. People know yep. you're not from there. I you hear know? you've got good French. Sergey um, tells me you guys have got good French. Yeah, we're trying. And like the Lord has definitely like helped us in that, sure. in that regard. Um, but yeah, you're just you're always an outsider, okay. especially in a region that's not transient. Like right. People, people are born are. there, they grow up there, they live there, they die Interesting. there. Interesting. I okay. met a 73 year old guy at Tim Hortons that's never left the region. Really? He's got a chalet in Lac Saint Jean. He lives in Shkutsmi. Zero it. reason to even go to, to Quebec. Like, <laughs> okay. Why would I leave? This place is the best place on earth. Okay. You know? Um, and so and then you're, you're just you're a stranger. Kind of parachuting in, and yeah. So people think it's weird. Then, like, why are you here? Do they, does that generate that question of what are you doing here? You're an English speaker. Why are you in this part of Quebec? Yeah, that's usually usually the question is actually. So you work for the military, and then when you say no, that's then the it's like, okay, so why are you here? Okay, like, <laughs> if you're not part of the military, <laughs> what is why did on? you choose to yep. move here? You know, sure. like you weren't you weren't told to come here. You right. chose, and, right. and so it has left the door open for for wonderful conversations good um, but even in that right like the I think one of the challenges is just even in those conversations it's like everything happens in a, a second language a different context. sure you're like man how do I convey this how yeah, do you, yeah, 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 yeah it's not your heart language not your first language yeah okay what has been the uh, flip side of the question is what have been the most encouraging sort of moments moments where you can you said you question you know, did I read the signs right? Am I reading God's providence right? Is this, have we made the right decisions? Are there moments on the other side where you see the Lord work, working, doors are open, conversations happen, where you're like, no, we did read the signs right. We see God's hand in this. Any sort of encouraging stories, moments uh, along those lines? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I would say like seeing our, our, our core group, um, rediscover the beauty of the gospel. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll talk about the church in a little bit, but it's a group that hasn't, they hadn't had a pastor for seven years. Okay. A church that had, had voted to close. Um, 
And so they became our core group to, to right. plant this church. Yeah. And my wife was just at a women's retreat, like a kind of a regional for all the churches from anywhere in Quebec, really, okay. um, to come up to this camp and, and have a women's retreat. And they're sitting at a table, and one of the ladies was sharing a struggle was going on in her in her, just her life. And one of the ladies from our church said, so how's the, how's the gospel good news okay. in that conversation, you know? And, like, to see that people in our core group are asking that question. Fabulous. Because um, that's been the refrain for this whole year is, like, just reestablishing or refinding. Sure. Discovering, in a way, the beauty of the gospel and its pertinence for all of life. Okay. Um, Amazing. How many people are in that small group? You mentioned that a couple of times, or that core group. Yeah, so our core group is about 17 like Great. we have 17 members, yep, um, and then some some kids and, okay. and teenagers and stuff in there okay. too. But yeah, good. Why isn't there? Talk a little bit about the tell tell us a little bit about the church. You said that the, that church had voted to close. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a need mm-hmm. in this part of the world. Uh, tell us a little bit about the the extent of that need, and then I'll follow up with why aren't there more church planters? What can we do to have more that type of thing? But tell us a little bit more yeah. about the sort of the gospel need where you are and uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so where we are, like Shkutmi itself is 70,000 people mm-hmm. and there's two evangelical churches. That's it. Two. Okay. And like if we were all together, if we were all part of the same church, we might be a hundred. Okay. All right. Um, so like that's our, our reality. Wow. Um, and so this, this little group of 17 people, um, was a decade ago a flourishing church of 150, 200 people. Really? Um, which in Quebec is wow, yeah, nearing sure. megachurch status, yeah, totally. <laughs> 200 people. Um, but yeah, uh, over a decade ago, there was um, um, some un- series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just leave it at that sure. for sake of that, that's time. Okay. And, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, a, a lot of people left. There's a lot of people in our region that would claim to be Christians that don't belong to local churches. Okay, um, And then... This, this group dwindled to the, the 17 that we right, are right. now, um, and they kind of strung it along for seven years. Seven years. Um, there was a period of a couple of years where there was a, a guy from, a pastor from Quebec, uh, Quebec City, mm-hmm. which is about two and a half hours away, and he would he would drive up, stay the weekend, and drive Preach, back kind drive of a couple, couple times a month. Wow. Um, but yeah, they got to a point where they were, they were like, this is... Like, what are we doing? Right. You know, we're having zero impact in our community. Right. We have no church to hand to our kids. Right. Like, what are we doing? Sure. Um, and so they had kind of closed. They had voted to close, actually. Okay. Um, and then a couple guys from our kind of strategic team as an association mm-hmm. went up and interviewed every member and said, hey, we can't make promises. Right. But we have these two couples. Okay. Would you be willing to wait on your decision to see if this is a good fit? Amazing. And ultimately, it was a good fit. Sure. So the, um, they voted to close. The Lord said no. That's right. Send you some church planters. Send you some English kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good luck. So, Amazing. Uh, yeah. So that's that's where we are, and like, I think church planting. It's hard to, well, one in a, in in a good sense, mm-hmm. I think. We do get the the pictures painted that it is difficult. Sure. And I, I think that's a good thing. Yep. Because you don't. That's reality. You don't have guys coming in that have this like, kind of glamorous view of it. Right. Um, and so I think that that is important. But at the same time, I'm not sure that we talk about it as much as we probably could. Right. Okay. Like, like I, I grew interested in church planting because I, I kind of went and sought it out. But like, uh, it wasn't because anyone at my local church was right. like. Right. 
hey, we should plant a church, okay. <laughs> you know? Okay. Um, and I think, yeah, that, like, as a, and, and we set these benchmarks too, like, where, okay, when we're this many people or we have this much money sure. or sure. then then we can think about it. Um, and it, it's like, man, what what if we, what if we found innovative ways right. to think about church planting right. um, and, and not set those benchmarks, but set like, let's, let's pray that the spirit of God would raise people up and send, sure. send people out. And like, as that happens, then we'll figure out the rest, the resources that yep. are needed and yep. the, the amount of people, all these kinds of things. Um, and, and not having like, a, you know, when we're 150 people, then we'll right. plant, but right. like rather when God raises up a planter among us, then we'll plant that sure. kind of thing, sure. you know? Yeah. And that's a, So I, I, all the more reason for the importance of this conversation is just to be talking about church planting mm-hmm. with a church planter that we've heard how the Lord has stirred you and your wife and Zach and all of as well, which is amazing. Uh, and then I appreciate the benchmark that you're talking about is there needs to be a planter. And so mm-hmm. uh, like talk a little bit about that need in Quebec. How much of a need is there for the like praying that the spirit of God would raise up church planters? I mean, here in Ontario, I'm sure it's, uh, mm-hmm. In the fellowship, I last I heard, thirty-seven churches, existing churches, don't have senior pastors. Like right now, I think it's the highest maybe that's ever been. And uh, so, the uh, the need for raising up of uh, like pastors is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say in Quebec that's one? That's is that a reason why there aren't more church plants? Is because there aren't more church planters? Oh, uh, absolutely. Like we don't, we're, we're at a point where we don't have enough pastors to, to fill the, the churches that already exist. That exist. And so there's a need for real, more churches, it's right? It's real hard to plant churches when you're like, yep. okay, now this guy, you know, is trained to be a pastor. How do you send him out to plant a church right. when there's All 30, these, 35, yep. 60 of them without pastors? Sure. Um, and yeah, like there's, we've got situations in Quebec where one guy's trying to like pastorally oversee three, four churches. Oh man! Um, wow. Yeah, uh, and and yeah, so that's it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the on the other side of it too is is the reality that there's not a lot of indigenous like right. Quebecois guys right. Right. in the in the in the stream, right. and so then you have guys like me showing up. And like outside you have to, yeah, you got, they got to learn French first yep. and like, and culture, then culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a couple of years before they can even effectively lead churches. Right. Um, and then when they can, like you still have to have a group of people that's abundantly patient with them. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's quite a few factors. And it sounds like the response of that is <laughs> to be the spirit of the Lord mm-hmm. raising up. Yeah. And I, I think one thing that, that, I, I see happening in Quebec that I'm really appreciative of and I'm praying that the Lord blesses is this um, like raising up elders in local churches to pastor like their churches, right? Because sure. when we, we have this kind of model of like, you know, the reason this one guy is overseeing four churches is because he's like the sole pastor and then you have teams of deacons everywhere. Right. Right. And so just the shift in mentality of like, let's raise up elders in local churches that yes. are pastors, like elder pastors, elders same thing. Are, yes. Amen. And so like, you don't have to have a guy on staff. And I think moving forward, especially in rural Quebec, r- regional Quebec, like there's not a lot of resources. Right. right. Um, and so to, to think that some of these churches would ever be able to pay a guy without right. outside support, right. like that might just not happen. And so sure. if we, if we can raise up pastors 
to shepherd people, to pastor sure. people from within churches. I think that that could shift, and now we can plant church, like we can raise guys up to be church planters sure. um, because we have elders right. um, that are are in their local churches. Yeah. So, kind of sounds like the book of Acts. A little bit. Gospels preached, people are saved, mm-hmm. a church gathers, elders are appointed with prayer and fasting, and <laughs> they shepherd the flock. Right. So it's good. Uh, burning question or sort of obvious question we haven't answered yet or asked yet, why rural Quebec? How did you wind up where you did from Northern Ontario? Why there? Yeah. So like I, like I, I mentioned earlier, when I was thinking about church planting, I was really thinking Northern Ontario. Yeah, stay where you are. Kind yeah, of. yeah. And like we love Northern Ontario. The rural, My wife and I are rural. We're okay. country people. Sure. We love small town. Yeah. Lifestyle. She's small town too. Where is, where is your wife from? She she grew up same kind of area, okay. an hour and a bit from here. Just like farm kind of country, yep. not hunting fishing country, but yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of similarities. Of course. Um, and so, yeah, as we talked with Zach and all of that's that was kind of what was in my head, and I had come up with a short list of a okay. couple northern Ontario towns right. that didn't have churches. Okay. And I was like, man, I'd love to move to Hearst and plant a church. Sure. This is after Zach had said, mentioned Quebec. Okay. And I said, no, that like <laughs> I don't speak French. They don't sure. want English people there. Why? Like, why would we bother? Yeah. And so I come up and I was like, Zach, what about what about if we moved to Hearst, town of thirty five hundred people, mm-hmm. no church anywhere yeah. close to it? Why don't we think about church planting in Hearst? Yeah. We'll talk to our elders. And we'll, he's like, you know that Hearst is like ninety five percent French, right? <laughs> I didn't May know as well, that. I didn't know obviously that. not. I learned that in that moment. Yeah, yeah. May as well go to Quebec then. Exactly. So it was like, if you're willing to go there, why are you not willing to go to Quebec? <laughs> That's amazing. And so yeah, we had we had called some like a few people that we knew, um, and they connected us with some some guys in Quebec. Okay. And we just started the conversation, um, and so our heart right from the beginning was. Man, we want to be part of church planting sure. where there's a lack of gospel witness. Right. Like that, the glory of God and the reality of hell means we want to plant churches yeah. where those two things are not happening. Yeah. Right? Um, we didn't just want to, you know, throw up a, a sign in the next town over sure. kind of thing. It was like, no, we, we want to go um, yeah, where, where there's where the greatest a, needs are. A, a, lack mm-hmm. of, a lack of gospel churches, and Quebec was on the top of that list. And we, so we had said right from the get-go, the first time we ever talked to Sergey, who's now a pastor here, yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, we said, you know, our heart is really for regional Quebec. Like, yeah. um, we, we, we're we willing. Like, we grew up in small towns. We love small towns. Sure. It's hard sure. to find planters to go to small towns. Okay, yeah. Um, I find a lot of our church planting conversations are always about urban, urban ministry, which yep. is absolutely essential. And yeah, Of course I, it is. I, a lot I, of people love, live in cities. I get that. Absolutely. Um, but, and, and we talk about the church, like church planting flowing downstream or the gospel flowing downstream. And I say, yeah, but the gospel flows downstream by people leaving and going. Sure. And those people are hard to find. Right, right. Um, especially missionaries. Like I, I think as we receive missionaries in Quebec, a lot of them come from city centers in other countries. And so right, for them, Montreal right. is like, it's hard enough to integrate into Montreal, let alone some, somewhere yeah. four hours away from Montreal yeah. where it's very white French right. culture. Yep. It's like when you're from... South America, for instance, that's even harder than yeah, Montreal, where yeah. where those pockets of um, different cultures exist. And, yeah, right. Right, and so we said, you know, we're willing. We want to go to a small town. Like, okay. let's let's work towards that end. And so, even our time in Montreal was very much uh, cultural acquisition and discernment. Where do you fit in this right. puzzle of right. what we're trying to we're trying to plant churches in Quebec and make disciples? Where do you guys fit? Right. 
Um, and so that's that's why rural Quebec. We love rural. We were going to Quebec. Those two things kind of yeah, they fit together. And yeah. so I just yeah, I've seen God's providence all over this, brother. Where you're, where you were born, where you grew up, things that you enjoy, the things that you're, where your wife grew up, the things that she enjoys, where you lived, all used by God to direct you to being a church planter in Shikimi, Quebec. And we're thrilled to partner with you in the gospel. And uh, anything else you want to say about church planting to anyone listening uh, before we wrap up? No, I, I would just encourage you to talk to some people that are doing it or excited about it and ask all the questions that maybe this podcast sure. kind of brought into your mind or questions that you've had. Like, talk to people about it. Like one thing about church planters is they love to talk about church planting. There you go. So, so <laughs> if, if you ask them, you'll get an hour and a half conversation. There you go. That's good. So if you're, listen- yeah. if you're listening to this, reach out to us. We'll connect you with Aaron. He would happily, I just heard happily. him say, talk to you about church planting Absolutely. for an hour and a half and you can pick his brain. I'm sure there's lots more that we could say that we could learn from you. Uh, we'll wrap it up there, brother. Thank you though for your time. And uh, like I said, thrilled to partner with you in the gospel and may the Lord use you and uh, your team there to see people brought from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Thank you, brother. It's a pleasure.